We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2022 Century Tournament of Champions Bets, Picks, Fantasy Golf Preview. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? Easy. Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link is available in the description. Smash the like, tell a friend, sub to the channel, sub to the newsletter, do all of that fun stuff, and you give me your winner down in the comment section. Additionally, play in the race for the Mayo Cup, the gigantic one and done. What's a one and done? You make one pick per week, per golfer. You get the same money as they earn in the tournament. You can only use them once per year. Runs from the Sony Open starting next week through the BMW Championship. Go to Fantasy Golf Championships. Dot com to reserve your entry $500,000 in guaranteed money, $50,000 to the winner, nice flat payouts across the board, and you'll be competing with me and Jeff Feinberg, who never do well with this stuff, do we? Uh, no, I, I, I talk about it all the time. I'm horrible at one and done. I don't even follow my own advice. Uh, even I remember the first time I ever did one and done, I even like took this took the wrong approach with this tournament. I'm like, no, I'm going to take the worst player in the field and take the guaranteed payday. I never <laughs> want to use that guy again. Nope. Wrong. It's a huge pot. Money's big. It's a win and it's a smaller field. I would say, yeah, don't be afraid to just start firing. Does that mean use John Rom? I didn't say that, but don't be afraid to, to fire one of those top five or six guys one bit at all. Well, it doesn't start this week, so you don't have to concern yourself with that name. That's a great point. And I'm happy that it doesn't because, uh, yeah, more time to, I still have a, a token to give away. I was going to give it away on this show too. 
Ah, well, I mean, there's plenty of giveaways to be had. And the fact that you don't even know the rules shows that we're absolutely in mid-season form. This is the year number eight of us doing this. I'm looking forward to actually hitting some winners this year. Because if you're talking about, like, units in ROI from last year, I won I'm Broke Units because I had too many people come in second place. Feinberg, on the other hand, did quite well. So maybe he's the guy that you want to tailor. Maybe I'm due for some positive regression uh, and some luck down the stretch here. Who knows? Uh, the other thing, yeah. So the one and done, fantasygolfchampionships.com. Go get your spot right now. You can get a free entry, or at least get into the draw for a free entry if you rate and review this podcast. Five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're going to be giving away the winner on Wednesday for that one. Plus my pinned tweet on Twitter right now at the PME. Uh, if you already have an entry, you can win another one by just doing what the tweet says you can also find that in the mayo media newsletter completely free to join that's where i'll have my cheat sheet for the bets come wednesday so you probably want to be subscribed to that anyway so go do that right now substack mayo media if you just want to google it when you can just click the link i don't know why you would want to do that do you have anything like do you, do you want to give one away right now because you do have a free ticket to give away yeah i'm happy to uh to give one away i was gonna sort of wait for the tweet for the show to get tweeted out later this afternoon. And then I was going to do something along that line, but uh, I don't know if you just want to bundle it up with something else you're doing. I'm, I'm happy to do that. My year's off to a great start. I didn't even know the contest was starting I'm really embarrassed. Like I really, you know, like I Ernie L's like the first hole here. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to nine putt the first hole of the Masters. That that would be a, I mean, that was a tough scene for Big Earn. But hey, listen, he's a big man. He fights people on planes. He's going to be absolutely <laughs> fine. Let's get into this. Let's talk about Kapalua. It's a 39-man field. It's a par 73. It's been played at the Plantation Course every year since 1999. Generally speaking, guys that perform well towards the end of the year, whether it be in the President's Cup the year that it was in Australia, playing in Australia, playing you know the, the Hero World Challenge, the team event. Like, the winner usually comes from that subset of players. No first-time player at this tournament has won since 2008 when Daniel Chopra... Remember him? No, you don't. Of course not. But he won this event. Uh, his only ever, his first ever appearance. Then we never heard from Daniel Chopper ever again. Uh, so it's usually guys with a bit of experience at this course. These are gigantic greens, gigantic fairways, high three putt percentage, high green regulation rate, high fairway in rate or just fairway rate in general. So off the tee means a little bit less, unless Jeff, you are Dustin Johnson from 2018, and you put on like the most marvelous driving display of all time. Him and Rom just went at like all these short power fours and actually drove the green that doesn't normally happen <laughs> no doesn't normally happen and yeah we get the show here and pat it's it's um i love the timing of these events right like late into the night although there'll be some big football games uh nothing you know i am now back from sunny florida i don't know why i need to preface that but i'm now back in the freezing cold minus like 17 today and in, in my language so i don't know how to translate it but it's freezing so it's nice when they you know the water shots and and hawaii well it's dark and cold here it's really a nice ease in perfect way to to get us going and yeah i don't know one of these elites is probably going to overtake this thing, but I'm a sucker for, for some of the bigger numbers, so I'm looking forward to chatting it. We can say that, but when you look back at the past champions, it's a kind of a mixed bag. We had Dustin win. I believe he was the favorite that year. Harris English most certainly was not. He was 25 to 1. JT, I think, was either the favorite or co-favorite when he won in 2020. 2019, Xander won, but I think Xander was like 20 to 1 that year, wasn't he? That's when he beat Woodland in the playoff. 
Yeah, and that was a big, uh, I think he stormed that thing away from Woodland. That was, I think, the summer of of late round storms because he, or the early season, because in the swing season that year, I think he ripped something away from Finau at a WGC in China, and then he completely barnstormed Sunday to take it from uh, from Gary here. Uh, but yeah, I guess we've seen it all over. Ogilvy didn't didn't Ogilvy win this thing a ton, like almost from the middle or back of the pack. I remember those good old days. One Ogilvy had to have won this thing, right? Uh, I don't want to make that up. I I mean Ogilvy won and Appleby won. One of them won it twice in a row, and the other one won it three times okay. in a row at one point. Because that was the odds. first time, just to put this out there for Mayo Media lore and for people um for historical references. I've maybe shared this in the past. This was essentially the first time I ever met Cam. It would have been at the very start of uh, the year. I began interning at the score and, uh, you know, Cam would show up later for his radio show, like, you know, maybe lunchtime a little after. And I was, you know, first day intern, like there early, the boss, small news pit puts me at what is Cam's like station, uh, you know, has me work on some tasks. Obviously I have my email open. Uh, I see Cam come in. I obviously know who Cam is because he's like a, you know, like a local television personality. So I'm a, a well aware. Here's booming voice walking in. I like have the instincts right away. Like I'm at his desk, like get the F out of here. I did not close my email. Cam sits down and in like this uproarious, like Cam fashion is like, who the hell is Geoff Yeinberg? And like, I'm, it's literally my first day. And that's like my first interaction with Kim. I'm like, uh, I'm Geoff. And he goes, you're a Geoff. I love Geoffs. Geoff Ogilvy just won the tournament or just won me all kinds of money. So yeah, there was that. I like how you, you and Jeff Ogilvy can really, you, know, you are a one when it comes to Cam. Just listen, it's much better than if Geoff Ogilvy cost him money that day. Who knows where you'd be now? Uh, exactly. Maybe that he would imagine if Geoff Ogilvy three putted to like lose it. I probably, we probably wouldn't have this relationship. Like I probably would have started off horribly. I would have had to work a lot harder. Would have been a lot more whoppers through the garden twice deliveries at lunchtime for Cammy to uh, win him back. Rest of the week. I have DraftKings picks with Raza on Tuesday. I'll do a quick update on Wednesday. The research show is already up on Mayo media network. Now, plus Jeff and I have our season preview that's already been released and the golf draft, which we did with 10 of my favorite people in the industry, minus toe tag and Tambo decided not to show up and make us 11 and not 12, but Kenny and Tambo will have fantasy golf degenerates Monday evening, every Monday evening on Mayo media network. And when the European tour is back or the DB world tour, or the hell it's called now, Tom and sky will have their European tour pick show up on Mayo media network as well. There's only one guy eligible for this field who is not playing Jeff. And that's Rory, Rory McElroy, who's played this tournament once in his life. That was in 2019. But we do get Phil for the first time since like 2001. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got no beef with any part of that. From the Phil perspective, why not? Like, he's got to take advantage of every opportunity now, you know, literally just to make it probably to the FedEx Cup. That's just the realities of it. And this is a great field, easy payday, probably easy to talk anyone into the trip Rory kind of interested to see him skip it although um because I've seen him in the offseason sort of reference a few times in this last uh quarter year that um 
he he works so hard to get this like perfect life golf balance like being happy on the golf course sort of became the permanent um priority and uh will haskett from the golf channel radio described it perfectly and but rory you know he's mentioning now he's got to get that alpha back like that you know that mean streak like to be like super elite you know you sort of have to have a bit of a a bite to you so Rory, I guess we're going to wait to see what sort of bites we see from him in 2022, but thrilled to see Phil. Yeah, I think Phil needs to collect his pit money, and part of it is playing in a tournament you haven't played in a long time if you want to get, like, your full $10 million bucks if you're the winner. So I think that's why he's showing up. Hey, let's show up to a no-cut event with 39 other guys with a guaranteed payday anyway. Maybe I can bank some FedEx Cup points and unlock that giant check for myself. Rory will see him for the first time in Abu Dhabi uh, across from, what the hell is it called now? The American Express, Career Builder, Humana, whatever the hell that one is in like three weeks time. That's when Rory will be playing overseas in the tournament that used to predict the winner of the Masters because Willett and Sergio won it in back-to-back years and they ended up winning at Augusta later on that year. So we'll see Rory in the Middle East for the Middle East swing and then he'll likely be over for farmers i'm guessing during the bye week between i mean when they used to play the pro bowl i don't think they're playing the pro bowl anymore but whatever between the championship games and the super bowl is when we have farmers at tory pines that's likely when we'll see rory for the first time let's jump into the odds we're here let's talk about the odds we're, we're 10 minutes into the show already john Rahm is the betting favorite at kapalua he's six to one all odds are from DraftKings sportsbook you can shop around this week and find a lot of sites have a lot of different odds on guys, so you can probably find a better number after like the first five guys. They're kind of all over the map. Justin Thomas, eight and a half to one. Morikawa, 10 to one. Xander, 12. Hovland, 12. Bryson, 14. Cantlay, 16. Sam Burns, 18 to one. Louis dropped out of the top 10 during the first week of the reset of the world rankings. He's now number 11. Sam Burns, Jeff, is number 10 in the world. 18 to 1 in a field that's this strong. But the way you can look at it is, and I mentioned this on the preview show, like Morikawa, he's now down to 10 to 1. You can still find him at 12 or 11 at some places. But DraftKings Sportsbook also has Colin Morikawa at 12 to 1 to win the Masters this year. Regardless of what you think of guys' skill sets are for this tournament, whether it be Rom or Xander or whoever, like Rom is 6 to 1 to win this tournament. The DraftKings has him at 7 to 1 to win the Masters. This is a good field, mind you, but it's a no cut event against far weaker competition than when everyone shows up for the Masters. These top end guys are better bets in these tournaments than they are at somewhere like the Masters, in my opinion, at least. Yes. Um, that's hard to, I guess, disagree. I will say some of those current masters numbers, you know, like you got to really, that's like golf crack. If you need to bet John Rom or, or, or like those super high end guys to win the masters today to think like what they have to do for that number to get shorter, <laughs> um, would, is crazy, but yeah, we, we point to that a lot of time in season more so like after majors, like within a month after a major, we'll point out, but he was 40 to one to win X and now he's 55 to win Y and Y is, you know, got seven really good players as opposed to the, the premier events. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This is a hard one to make those sort of line comparisons to. And this one is a really annoying event because I know like the model aspect of it doesn't like to hear any part of this, but it's a hard event to model and trust your model. You don't know how they enjoyed their New Year's. You don't know how long they've 
it's been since they picked up a club. And granted, you know how many times we've watched this event and a guy comes out early with fantastic golf, and then we hear in the post game like, ah, I haven't touched a club in a month. <laughs> but if you heard that on Tuesday, like you wouldn't want any part of them. Um, but there are just so many like variables that go into how this one's gonna be. You know, a couple of these guys, I'm sure, are absolutely feeling it and in a great space. And there's another few of them that are just hitting, giggling, and they're just telling their team, you know, this is literally like the first rev of a lawnmower you haven't started in in a while. Because what matters is in 98 days, you know, being peaking for, for then. But, yeah, I, I'm excited. It's golf. It's Hawaii. It's in a primetime TV slot. Uh, but I'm not really ready to bet anyone at the top. I the books I guess have done their job because they've enticed me enough with a couple things at the back or I, I shouldn't say the back but you, if you know how I bet you know what I mean yeah in in the mid-range for you and the mid-range for this event's going to be like 20 to 50 uh where it would normally be like 40 to 80 but there just aren't that many guys that we really think that can win if you were to go to the top because I'm thinking about it this week and how to structure my bets I haven't placed anything as of yet but like obviously Morikawa I think that he's the perfect fit here. Like he and Justin Thomas and Justin Thomas has won this twice. And I would only lean to Morikawa since I think they're basically the same guy, but I'm getting better odds on Morikawa. The number one thing that you can do here is just hit your irons really well. And hopefully you're putting well that week. And we know with both those guys, the weeks that they putt, the irons are never really a concern for either of them. And driving really means a lot less than it does at a lot of places. When you hit 80% of greens and regulation, then around the green doesn't really mean a ton here they're gigantic greens and three putt percentage is super high but when you lock in on thomas and morikawa you're going to find out that their opportunities gain which is a fantasy national stat fantasynational.com slash mayo to get your hands at a 20 percent discount on all the tools and all the stats is 15 feet and in green and regulation or fringe and regulation so those are like makeable birdie putts so whoever generates the most of those and rides even like a decent putter i feel like is going to walk away with the victory here now you can go with thomas and morikawa who are the best two at that from the very top end or just drop into this range that you're talking about and take sort of the hot iron guys who can get super streaky with the putter from there i think that both are viable options like would you want to stagger it and go with one of these top guys and like two of the mid guys and just call it a day because i I feel like we bet the same three guys at this tournament every year. Yeah. And I will say I have made two moves of the mid guys and we'll get to those in a second. So I am leaving myself open to maybe adding at the top. I do agree with your lean. Like if I'm going to the close to the very top here, I do like Morikawa. Um, and my, the other guy for me, silly enough would be probably Shoffley. Um, But that's sort of where I stand of the guys that are being, you know, super, you know, squeezed, squeezed at the top. I trust Morikawa more than, I don't know. I'm not, this isn't like an ideal Justin spot, but and he's one here. Man. The guy, the guy seems, I, I, I'm not, I'm not in me insulting Justin Thomas. It's just like relative to the super elite status, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not there. I'm well, I mean, th you can make two very compelling cases for both Vic and Xander if you want to and talk yourself into a different little bit of a narrative. One with Xander, obviously he's won this tournament before. We've seen a ton of repeat winners at this tournament over the year. And listen, four out of his five wins. Uh, I mean, the Olympics does. I'm adding the Olympics to that, despite the fact that it's not a PGA Tour event, although it did get him into this tournament. 
four out of the five wins have been at no cut events and this is kind of his jam he can have sort of a paltry round or two and then get super hot like the year that he chased down woodland i think he was a 62 in the final round we've seen him around this leaderboard a bunch of times like he has the win here uh if we just kind of dig in a little bit more he has a first a second a fifth and a 22 the 22 was in his first appearance other than that like he typically gains on the greens he typically gains with his approaches so it's been a really nice showing for him. He didn't even really have it going last year and still came fifth. And these are, it's, it's weird to see him at these odds because, you know, extrapolated out into a full field event, this would put him around like 20 to one, 22 to one, which is not normally where we see him. You're kind of getting the same odds on Xander as you would normally get for any sort of tournament, except there's far fewer people and there's no cut. But then you could play the Vic angle on this. No one had a better fall swing then Vic, he won twice, both one in Mayakoba and he won the Hero. Uh, so one's a really condensed field, one's a bit of a weaker field. But now what we've seen from Vic, he has, what, three wins in his life? One in Puerto Rico, one in Mexico, and one in Bahamas? Is that where Albany is? Bahamas or Bermuda? Wherever the hell the Hero is. And we didn't, remember we saw this from Justin Thomas as well? That before he broke through, I think with his PGA Championship win in 2018, he won these, like, no-cut really low scoring weird events Get to and weird... win on the mainland yeah he, he won twice in hawaii he won twice in kuala lumpur he just never won in mainland the united states and maybe you want to play that for vic too like no one comes in in better form than vic right now yeah i'll just say this on that i wouldn't even bet vic at 12 well i not it's not available everywhere but i'll probably have a victor by a field goal prop anytime i like victor and he'll hit me one out of every like two of his wins going forward will be by field goals. Like I'll miss a couple and be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But like every other win Victor has, it's going to be bigly. Like that's just how I see it. I got nothing bad to say about Vic, um, but I would lean Shoffley. Like I, I'm obsessed with Victor, like everyone else. It's, it's like a better version of, I know it's like an easy thing to say, but in the same way, so many of us for so long, I'm not putting you in that spot, like just loved Ricky. It's just like an elite Ricky. It's like an elite version of Ricky um, at his prime almost is what the ceiling is expected of, of Victor. And maybe the comps are just because of the smile and the Oak State and the just boy fresh good looks. Um, so it's easy to, to sort of make comparisons, um, in that regard. And obviously we're all pretty convinced Victor will live out the ceiling that, um, you know, Fowler in some ways to some, I guess, didn't, but I, I don't know. I'm sort of like, he's probably the most overvalued golfer on the planet right now. I would agree, but that doesn't mean that he... Obviously, all of these guys can win. Like, I, I'm not going to bet Rom. Obviously, he's the betting favorite. He has the best chance to win. I just would rather go a little bit down the board for one six. It's a one. very... Our, 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 uh, he's been here before, right? Because of his other wins, too. Rom? Rom? No, uh, Victor. Yeah, Victor played this for the first time last year, yeah, I believe. So that's good. Um, and he did not play I feel much. like it's a place that could really eat up rookies. Because the undulations and... You know, even Andy made, uh, you know, just uh, an Augusta comp and, and not not to uh, overriding one, but just in how it can be like 
like a weird place for if you've never seen it or played it before. Yeah, there, it, it's funny because in the comps that I put out there, uh, obviously we've seen a lot of success at Riviera Memorial, uh, and those are two high end fields with a lot of good players. Augusta at the same time, a lot of that has to do with. I mean, I wrote about this. I, I think I write about it every year in my column that's up on DK Nation right now. That you're going to see no flat lies essentially on this course. So Augusta is the course that has the most of that. The other one that has the most of that is the John Deere classic, weirdly enough. And we've seen guys who won the John Deere classic actually have a lot of success at this tournament. Well, Speed Speed has won it. Zach has won it. Jonathan bird has won it. And Steve Stricker won like back to back to back times uh, at this tournament as well. So (laughs) it's just weird. Cause that's, that's weirdly like a wedge and, you can drive it wherever the hell you want at the John Deere Classic, and then it's just who who has a bunch of wedges and putts really hot for the week. Like, Lucas Glover was the winner of the John Deere Classic last year. We've seen Bryson win that tournament in the past. Bryson's gone. I mean, we didn't even talk about him yet. He's 14-1. to 1. He has back-to-back top 10s at this course. We know that it's going to require, like, no one is going to win this tournament losing strokes putting. That's just not going to happen. And Bryson, for all we talk about his driving prowess, is one of the best putters on the planet. And I want to say, at least when I'm looking at DraftKings, I think has the number to beat there. So if you want Bryson, uh, well, all your bets over at DraftKings, but I'm seeing a pretty favorable uh, 14 to one on Bryson right now over there. And yeah, you compare that out, I guess, to the other big events. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not there. I, I, I want to just see Bryson. I obviously he can come here and dominate, but he's a guy I just like to see uh, rev up the engine a little bit for me pat okay i'm gonna pull that that trigger i don't want to exit the xander conversation i just think like for me i have this habit of like getting more bullish as a guy somehow takes more criticism i like sometimes attach myself even harder to them and Fina would maybe have been the example you know a recent one and, and ricky in the past but I am so bullish on how like amazing Xander is going to be this year. And I guess to say that you have to prefer, like I obviously specifically mean in the win column and, and I, by every aspect um, I think he's going to just absolutely dominate. And it's not something I'm looking to bet. Cause I don't think the numbers right, but like, I would honestly pick him to win the masters. If I had one pick right now, like that's sort of where I am on what an amazing season he's about to have well, wins wise. You, you can cash him right now if you want to with this tournament. I mean, you, you just told me this is basically the Masters. Uh, oh, I might. I'm saying he is the elite that I think I want to get myself on um, this week, and hopefully, you know, some 16s or 14s. Uh, just things get to pop up, but in a larger conversation. This is a bad example because he has had such incredible success here. But you already mentioned the fact that he's had incredible success here and you think that there is a relative bump to the number. I'm really curious what's going to happen once the season starts and we do get into some of the larger, stronger field events because you can't anoint four new guys as golf's next big thing and essentially not move Xander's number backwards for big events. So I'm hoping that they do. But from a year ago to now, like we all have to agree, and people may have thought Morikow was better last year, but at least in like a world ranking or odds aspect, he wasn't. But Morikawa, 
Victor, Cantley, um, you know, the, the, there's a, a small handful of guys that have, have passed him. And I'm expecting us to get better numbers because of it. So I'm, I'm hoping, but I don't know that they will. Well, we'll see. Do you have any interest in Burns or Cantlay here? They're not going to make my betting card. Not Again, it's not that I don't think they can win. If I'm going to go up here, I'm going to go to Morikawa. And I've just kind of settled on that. Although you're kind of talking me, talking me into the X-Man. I don't know. I just, I just got a, uh, I just got the vibe. That's all. And in this one, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even want to like preface motivations, but I'm expecting it to to start bigly for Xander Cantley. I, I don't know. I I want to see it get going. Burns, I can't. You are now at a Sam Burns is now appearingly appears going to be at an unbe, an unbettable place for me. I think Sam Sam Burns is phenomenal, phenomenal, great player, but he is now going to be in an odds range where he is going. I'm not as high on Burns as as other people are, so I'm not going to bet him when he's the same number or, or shorter than players I think are as good or better. Um, like a few literally in the next group. Well, but there are some people that they, that I trust and that like are connected to the game or even just do podcasts that hit hit and win bets at a very respectable clip, and I love their content. And they are all like. Sam Burns to the moon, you know, emoji, emoji. The last of these top there end with guys. Him? No, I, I'm never there with Sam Burns. No, I mean, I don't mean this week. I mean, like, even going forward. Because the numbers are going to be tiny. Then he's probably not going to get my money. And I'm probably going to, when he wins tournaments, I'm not going to win. <laughs> yeah, same. So that's where it's at with me. Morikawa can become number one in the world this week. As long as Rom needs to come solo second or better in order to retain the world's number one ranking. If he doesn't do that, Morikawa can get it with a win or a solo second or a two-way tie for say. He needs to basically finish third or better and Rom can't finish third or better. Then all of a sudden, Rom is looking like he's going to be number two in the world instead of number one. I'm really rooting for Morikawa to get to number one. He's my guy. I want to see him at number one and then we can reassess the situation. Did you know that one in three Americans regularly suffer from nausea? And although I'm not American, I too suffer from nausea from time to time. Sometimes it hits me right before I start recording, and it is disastrous. Fortunately, I actually have a product that has been helping me out, making sure that it's not really a problem when I record anymore. Relief Brand is where you want to be at. you got to check out Relief Brand. Relief Brand is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness or anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. I can tell you it has worked for me. And it's awesome because it's 100% drug-free, it's non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as you need. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients. But now, through Relief Brand, it's available to everyone, including me and including you. And it works to stimulate a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal to your brain, is sending to your stomach, telling you that you're fine. And I put it on. 
Then I don't have it anymore. It, it, it's so effective. It's kind of incredible. Relief Brand is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. Relief Brand just released its newest model, Relief Band Sport. The Sport is waterproof, features interchangeable bands, and has extended battery life. I can't tell you enough about the wonders that Relief Brand has worked with me. Don't let nausea keep you from doing what you love. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Imagine that! If you go to reliefbrand.com and use promo code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O for those of you who can't smell, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use my promo code MAYO. For 20% off plus free shipping. Let's get to this mid-tier that you talked about. Because I think this is where, not necessarily the value lies, but if I'm going to, if I don't start my card with Morikawa, it's probably three of these guys. And that's going to be the entire week for me. So you got Berger, Cam Smith, Hideki, Spieth. They're at 20 and 22 along with Sungjae. Patrick Reed's at 28. Then you got Leishman, Answer, Finau, Brooks at 30. 35, you got Kokrak and the defending champion, Harris English. Taylor the Gooch is there as well, and then it kind of falls off a cliff afterwards. I like, the more research I did into this event, the less I like Spieth, but my gut tells me I should bet Spieth at 22 to 1 at this number. And I know that you'll probably say Cam Smith and Berger and Sung J M are most definitely like the three best plays from this range. I just see that number with Spieth, who's won here before. He was dreadful during the swing season. He was dreadful at the Hero. He's playing the wrong tee box with Henrik Stenson at one point. Oh, Came DFL at the Hero. That's never a good sign. And his irons really got away from him basically after the Ryder Cup. But is he just one of these guys? Hey, reset, new year, I'm back to what I do best. And if that's irons and that's putting, he's definitely live here. And we know out of a lot of these guys, like much like Patrick Reed, he's, he's got the winning edge in him. I, I can't dispute anything you said. I'm just the moron that of everyone you name, the guy at the shortest number I do like is Daniel Berger. But the fact that the Masters or comps scare me is he's never actually played well there ever, right? He hasn't, and at this tournament, it's been really weird. He's finished top 15 three times in all three times that he's played this event, uh, but no finish better than 10th. He was T10 last year. I had money on Berger last year. I feel like we do bet Berger at this tournament, and he was. I had him and Morikawa were my two main bets last year, and both were, I think, a shot or two shots off the lead going into Sunday, and they both just had really mediocre Sundays. Berger shot a 72 and ended up coming 10th. When the winning score is going to be minus 25 and you shoot one under on the final day, you're not going to win, and you're probably not going to hold on to your top 10. He barely held on to it at that point, but objectively looking at it, like he and Sungjae, when I wrote this up, are very similar in a lot of regards. Like if you go back and look at Tita Green from last year, Sungjae was the best player in the field. It was his debut at this tournament. He ended up coming in fifth, but he lost over three strokes putting that week. And when you go back and you log on to Fantasy National and look at the game logs for Sungjae, you notice a pretty weird trend. The irons are kind of hit and miss throughout the fall season, but throughout the course, like the past hundred rounds, Sungjae is one of the premier iron players in this field. The around the Green can be hit or miss, but he can be very good. The driving's been very good. It's the putter, which I don't know what's up with it. It's either like losing three or gaining five, which is the spike week type guy that we like. I don't know if these greens he can't figure out or he now has a good grasp on them, but you catch him in the right spike week. Had he just putted to like even 
last year. He didn't even need to gain a ton or at all. He would have been in that playoff or would have won against English and Neiman. So his odds look pretty juicy. He has the win in the swing season when he gained like six strokes putting at the Shriners. And the other time that he gained uh, over like in the positives over his past nine starts, he was third at the BMW Championship. So I do like Sungjae a lot. I don't know if I can get there. And Berger has been like the iron master. He's been iron chef over the course of the past like half year. It's just the final three events of the year. Like he tanked on the greens like it was objectively bad lost over three strokes per tournament with his putter that's not normal for daniel berger although he did rebound a little bit at the hero he was t7 at the hero along with uh tony finau that's when morikawa gagged it away and Hovland had the chip in to end up winning. So I, I think I'm more on Team Berger than Team Sungjae, but I can see that if you just wanted to bet two guys, that those would be the two guys that you bet at the best odds. I, I'm on Team Berger, but you just gave me a real good, like, Team Sungjae sell job. Like, I was, uh, like, scratching some notes over here just uh, for reminders when I go to maybe make some more clicks. So, so I gave that you. Is I, I gave tempting. I, I'm not. A, I'm not in on Spieth this week. Okay. I'm not. I, and the num I'm and not. the numbers would agree with you. I just I got I got to start trusting my gut a little bit more. I let the numbers take me over a bit too much over the past two years. I used to hit winners in this. Be like, no, I like this guy at this course. I don't care what the numbers say. I think this course fits him perfectly. I'm gonna ride with him. And that's just kind of how. I, and like Reed's gonna be the same way. If you bet Reed, no, what no. numbers are you looking at? I do, yes, and we'll get to that because I think we both are in agreement. And I'm <laughs> almost back to the auto read factor, but I quickly just want to go back, like, because you mentioned Cam Smith, who feels like he's going to be really popular because there's so many, uh, be it you know Sony or or Masters or just ways that you can see how this event like fits right into the Cam Smith wheelhouse. I don't know, like at twenty two to one. I just, I'm a sucker for like just the other guy, like even Berger, you mentioned Hideki. I, I like Cam Smith, but when he's put beside some other guys, I'm just not there on it. Like I'm mentally not there. And I, I, I guess I, if he I'm wins, with, I'm going to miss it. I, I'm with you. Although I do like to bet Cam Smith. I usually like him as more of a dog or more of a long shot in any tournament. I just gave you the SJ on Sungjae. Do you want me to give you the SJ on Cam Smith this week? Of if you're thinking about betting him and you're on the fence of why you should probably bet him? I, I bet it's, uh, yeah, sure. Lay it on the people. It's, yeah. it's the irons. The irons have been so yeah. good. So he's a lot like Berger in that sense, but it's a bit of a shorter sample. But to close the year, like he was absolutely en fuego with his approaches. And out of anyone who putts in this field, he is by far the most consistently good putter of anyone in this range. 3.4, 4.4, 2.7, a bit of a loss, a bit of a loss, 4.2, 6.1. So not only is he having spike weeks on the green, he's consistently doing it. And the irons are good. And we talked about that this is a tournament where you don't need to be that great of a driver the ball of course you can drive yourself out of it but generally speaking we've seen lesser drivers compete a lot better here outside of that one dustin year uh and that's the one part of cam smith game which absolutely sucks is his driver that he can just put it in the fairway hit his irons make some putts and boom he's off to the races so i think that he's that's why i'm i'm having the hardest time this week is discerning between those guys Berger, smith spieth Sungjae Reed. We didn't even talk about Hideki, who struggled a little bit last year at this tournament. He used to do really well at this event. It just he hadn't won in like four years, so we just kind of forget about that. 
Yeah, and I think a 22 to 1, he's like a deadly, like, silent assassin, sort of just sitting there. And honestly, like, you gave the Sung Jay. Yeah, geez. I'm not, I don't know that I'll be betting the top, but Cam Smith, like, I've seen, like, DraftKings has the 22. I've seen him at books that have him beside Sam Burns, like, under 20 even so there's i think the books have taken some big bets on on cam smith like on the outset or maybe in the early release lines and now they're just almost protecting it well there's only one book that's still hanging a number well uh, looking at it right now you mentioned sam burns are you going to get to his number and of course we both agreed we will not at tournaments like this when it's this short the sort of the minor league version of the sam burns number is the taylor gooch number at 35 to 1 I do think he can win this event, though. Like He won during the swing season. That's always a very positive indicator for this. And everything that Gooch does well, irons and putting, is exactly what you need here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I love Gooch. He was like a prop card machine for me until I didn't bet him when he won. But just a string of all those great form events as he was like T20. T, he was... T20-ing everything um, still from the back of the board. I don't know. Once we sort of cross past this range, like there's still Reed and, and Finau, who I think um, I'm very attracted to, let's just say. Like well, 30 that, on Reed, 30 on Finau. Look, look, that's that's the whole that's on the, Burger. That's a whole, I can make a, my hold card. On, that's a whole discussion you need to have with yourself and anyone betting this week is Will you be overshadowed by those names that you just mentioned? Brooks, Finau, and Reed, rather than Harris English or Gooch? Because I did this with Harris. We both loved Harris English at this event last year. He was 25 to 1. And we said, look at these other people around him. They're just way better than Harris English. So we didn't bet him. And then he won. Like, could Gooch be that guy this year? Gooch could be that guy. And yeah, bro, he could. And you have to prepare that that's always possible. But even in that Gooch range, like... Leishman, I think, could be a little like a assassin here, or even Kokrak, uh, you know, coming in and around the same number. There's a lot of guys I, I'm attracted to. And I'll say this I'm not betting Brooks. Damn it. I think I've done that twice with the I'll say this is we're going to end that quickly this year, people. Okay. We're going to end that quickly. We're getting out of the system. I'm going to end it for you, for me, for all of us. Brooks need like Brooks wants to win. He wants to be talked about. Like, I don't know. I didn't say that properly, but he doesn't like these other guys getting attention. Like he's going to win more often now, not just at alpha events. I feel, I feel there's going to be numbers. This is almost ridiculous. Just like you asked us to, to rate out the, the Shoffley number as how that would fo- feel in a fuller field. Well, why don't you rate out this Brooks number, Pat? Like, what would this 30 to 1 be in correlation to an actual strong 140 man field? 30 Not to 1. This field isn't strong. His number doesn't move. It's always like this is what the, the Brooks number at events where people don't think he cares. Yeah. Like, this was and his I've number. Often this said, was his I number ended last year a lot. <laughs> I ended last year a lot, a lot, Pat, saying the biggest. Um, trap in the game is the Brooks 30 to one bet. Like it's the most losing Brooks bet. He doesn't win that bet wins when it's like lower. Cause it's something important or, or Phoenix, but all those 30 to ones, he always doesn't play well under the 30 to one, but 
but I, I still, but, but I don't understand. I just meant you rated out. Never mind. Uh, with Shoffley, you made a comment like if this was a different event, he'd be twenty-two to one. Yeah, because he would be in a full field event. His number would move down based on the other players that would theoretically be in that tournament. But we've seen it too much with Brooks that they, this is the number that they post. It's a lot like the read number. Okay. It's like here's your read number. That's it. That's what the number is. I don't care what the tournament is, who's playing. This is just what it is. Um, and I'm in on Reed. I've bet Reed. I've bet Reed. You've bet him already? Yeah. I. We could just call it, like, I know it sounds corny to say, but my first golf bet of 21 uh, was when I bet Patrick Reed this morning. Look, I can get behind that. I was thinking about betting Reed, too. I'm having a problem with... It's 22 also, not 21, so I'm getting years wrong. Can I... Uh... Something happened to me right before, like before the show that got me flustered. Just give me one sec. I'm going to show you. It's a really bad seat. All right. Jeff is gone. Oh, oh, Jeff Jeff is back. I was picking my daughter up at daycare. Uh And you know, in the new age, the keys like they're, um, you just like have to hit buttons. You don't put anything into the ignition. Yeah. And I dropped the key, and as I was, like, trying to catch it, I'm not much of an athlete, I guess, I, like, swatted it and smacked it on the ground. And it broke into five pieces. Okay, people? Like, five pieces. My car key. And then it, like, out of inside the Easter egg popped, like, an ignition key. But I couldn't find anywhere where it went. So now I'm stranded and I'm blocking like the line of cars because it's a single file thing. It was a goddamn disaster. Like the key exploded and exploded. So I don't want to sound like Tim, but technology, like we don't have to do these, these fancy button things. Like a good old key ignition turn. Nothing's wrong with that. You gonna be okay? It's like a thousand bucks to replace, by the way. Pardon? It's like a thousand bucks to replace that. Thanks. I well, I have another key that I had to like get the other key brought because when I tried to start the car, it doesn't detect the key. The key didn't exist anymore, according to my vehicle. Well, that's that's a rough scene. So you were able to get home okay? Yeah. Sorry. I needed to just get that off my chest. Um, and it's literally just left me like frazzled as if I'm not normally frazzled. Although it should be in great place because my destiny is my own, Patrick. My destiny is my own. Yeah, Patrick Reed, I think he's motivated in, in trying to play that variable game, the narrative street on an event like this where you can, it's hard to question motive, motives. Anytime he walks out that door and he gets on that that jet and he opens up that letter that Justine wrote him, there's no like anything but like giving her, giving her. And it doesn't always work, but we're going to give her and we're going to get on that points list with an early season win. Okay, we're going to get on that President's Cup point list with an early season win. Okay, so... Money on Patrick Reed. I, I think that I can find. I mean, I see. A, I'm looking at a thirty, so I can go bet the thirty if I want it. So that's probably what I'll take. 
Long shots for the week. This is not a tournament which usually relies much on long shots. But are there any from, I mean, it drops from 35 to 1 Taylor Gooch to 60 to 1 Kevin Na. The two, or maybe even three that I saw. I mean, it depends on what numbers you look at. And these are probably better top five, top 10 bets. Again, I'll have my cheat sheet in the newsletter upcoming uh, on Wednesday to see if I end up on any of these. But the ones that really stuck out to me, obviously Kevin Knott, 60 to 1. I mean, guy wins a tournament every year. Those are big odds. He won in Hawaii last year. Not this tournament, mind you. The other tournament, the Sony Open, which happens next week. But Seamus Power plays these short par fours really, really well. Billy Horschel just seems like he's in a he's a better class of player than all of these guys. Should be closer to Gooch, but he's not at the moment. Won twice last year, won two big boy tournaments a year ago. But the one that I wanted to look at was Lucas Herbert, 130 to one. I don't think he's going to win, uh, but his top 10 at plus 450, I think is viable. He's a first timer at this event. He won in Bermuda and he won over, uh, not this year, but the year before, he won in Ireland at a very windy course. He plays these coastal courses really, really well. That I think that maybe it's more of a DraftKings play, a top 10 play, maybe a first-round leader type of play. But he's a really poor driver of the ball. But you take that out of his hands here, and he can go low at courses if the wind does pick up. That's not a guarantee that it's going to pick up. But he was really a name that jumped out to me here. Yeah, he won that event. That was the glorified corn fairy event that they gave us Patrick Reed 20 to one at. And he hit like a 40 footer on 17 as we were walking out the door of Andy Lack's house for him to take me to the Chargers Patriots game, which ended up being a horrible afternoon. Well, it's a nice afternoon, but I'm a results based guy on that metric. Um, So I don't know how much do I want to. Like, who cares if he won? Like, he did play well in that event. I don't want, I'm just saying, I don't want to overstate the win. It was literally like the Corn Fairy meets PGA Tour week. Um, But yeah, I I can't besmirch a a top 10 suggestion in a field like this for a guy who has um, success proven in the conditions. Is a bit of a globe trotter, so I don't see this one stopping him. Yeah, the only guy from way down the list, I mean, like Kisner's never finished better than 14th, and any he's played this tournament three times in the past five years. T14 is his best finish. Champ has played this three times, actually, and you know, he was T11, T14, T31, so that's not really you know, trending towards anything good for him. Leishman, I guess, would be the other one. He's 35 to one, but I'm not really there on him yet. I don't know. I don't know where to go. I, I just don't think you want to touch any of these guys from an outright betting perspective. Nah would probably yeah, be I the won't... only one to garner my interest. Yeah, so I won't really be on any of these guys. I did make a small bet on a on a just a bad post of a Homa line, but I even messaged you like, I think I just bet this, but I don't even believe he's going to win. So I don't even know why. I, like, yeah, it's double the number than what a book, po- than what the normal number is, but if I don't think he's going to win, why did I do it? Right. So that was really, I kind of feel silly. I did that, but I'm going to be living in that 20 to 30 with a couple. And it'll be like three of them, three or four of them, potentially 20 to 35, or it'll be like burger Reed, And I might bite the bullet on Shoffley. If I go under 15, it's going to be on Xander Shoffley. There's no one else there who might actually get my number this year. Let's start the year off betting on a guy who doesn't win. Like that's, that's how we'll do it. 
That's how we'll do it. And Finau, I don't know, he has like nine kids. So getting out of the house after Christmas probably feels like a million bucks. <laughs> and I think he played great here last year. So I got to triple look that. You didn't have any comment. You probably just rolled your eyes when I bring him up. But I mean, Finau's fine. And no, he did not have a great year here last year. In case you were wondering. Fina, I was going to say, how did he even get in here last year? But it must have been the playoffs, right? Cause yeah, because they, they, because of COVID, yeah. they allowed the anyone who made it to East Lake got to be in this tournament. So in his debut in this tournament in 2017, he came in ninth, and then he didn't play it for three years. Now he played it last year and was T31. He was just kind of a disaster. I think, listen, Finau can most definitely win this tournament. So anyone, I wouldn't say that anyone can win this tournament who's in the field, but he is one of the few runners who can do it. He, you're getting a really good price. I think, and he actually showed up, yeah, because he and Berger were both T7 at the Hero. I'd be kind of looking at that as sort of an indicator, not to be like, oh, if you didn't play well at the Hero, there's no chance that you can win this tournament, but just to see the guys that finished inside the top 10, that's usually a good I, a good indicator that you're going to keep the momentum rolling forward a little bit at least. I am of the opinion that the Hero, like, the Hero to me was so long ago what three a month like we call it a month december 5th so yeah exactly a month yeah so a month ago and you have holidays and just such a busy time of year i i don't really can't hold any reference point to hero form like obviously victor played great because he is great and the guys that played great there you know i expect to play great because they are great um Maybe there's just a vibe to make a card like a card full of guys who don't have kids this week, like the Burger Sungjae Morikawa card or Vic. Potentially. Replace Morikawa. Or well, Xander doesn't have kids. There you Maybe go. Like you child just, free just, cards. Just, just bet like 80% of the field. That way you're assured to win. No, no, I didn't mean it like that, but I got us, you got to start from somewhere and cut it down um, from that. But north of, like, 35, the only guys who I would potentially realistically bet would be Leishman, as you mentioned, and even Kokrak. He gives off so many English vibes to me, Pat. Like, so many vibes of English I get from him. Well, let's get to the quick picks for the Century Tournament of Champions. As I mentioned, I do not have a bet in as of yet, but I will be going in on Reed at 30 to 1. And then I got to make my decision. Do I want to go with uh, Morikawa and X and make it a three-man card? Do I want to go with Morikawa and two guys from the 20s? Because I'm, I'm going to have a really tough time calling it down here. I mentioned I, I kind of like Gooch at 35. I feel like I don't want to miss that one when it's running hot at the moment. But other than that, like you have... Sungjae and Berger, who I kind of lump into one. I think on DraftKings, I'll take Berger. I might outright bet Sungjae instead. But just, I keep looking at the Spieth 22 to 1, and it, it keeps calling me. I even saw, I've even seen it at 25 to 1 in some spots. Just intuition tells me I should be betting Jordan Spieth here. According to you, I just lost $1,000 on a car key. Yeah, it happened to me earlier. My wife uh, lost my second set of keys i was like how much is this going to be to replace i still have mine but just to have the second set they're like yeah yeah you bucks. can't have one key that's like your role that's a real dice roll you know you yeah yourself with one key this is really impacting you i see well it's just if you want to replace an actual key a machine will do it for for a dollar yeah, I don't, I don't think that you can, like, go to the place that also fixes shoes and get your car key cut in today's age. <laughs> your basement door? You know, that'll give you an extra key for your basement door or something? Yeah, they can do that. Um, That's not a problem for them, the shoemakers. 
Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I've bet Patrick Reed, uh, and I bet I, I put a little money on Homa at 150. Um, but for me, it's yeah, Burger Xander. That's what I think you can expect from me. Now that I'm playing this in my head and having had the opportunity to talk through it with you, if I don't end up betting on Xander, then I would expect that I add um, someone from the Pacific Rim. Okay. So it's going to be Cam Smith or Sungjae? Yeah, if I if I pivot off of, of Xander, but... I'm hoping someone will give me a Xander number as a nicer Xander number, but they shouldn't because all Xander numbers, sort of like the Finau numbers, despite the never winning Pat, they always want to protect the, the prop bets, right? Yes. Sometimes. I agree with you. Is that a real thing? I, I think so. I, I think they do basically each way protection. Or they know yeah. that, or, I mean, it's no different than when I run, like, the simulator at Fantasy National, and, like, it tells me who has the best chances of winning. Xander's odds are usually right around where they should be. It's just he has the unfortunate stink of being a guy that, I mean, listen, he's won five times. It's not like he can't win, obviously. But just in our minds, he's always one of these big fans. Well, man, they were posting Rory at 12-1 to 1 for every event, and then he, he didn't win for, like, a year, and then all of a sudden he wins. Like, sometimes you just need stuff to break your way and the floodgates open. Look at Cantlay. All of a sudden, Cantlay plays like the most prolific winner on tour when did that yeah happen? the guy who messaged me always bitching at me for betting can't win uh doesn't send those tweets anymore i mean he, he'll bet can't cantley this week he won't win. be like see he sucks people are morons that's just what you have to realize yeah i don't yeah i'm listen i like to think of it like the people that say mean things for every one of them there's like Lots of people who say nothing who don't think those things, now, but, but it's, who enjoy. But it, but me. it's not even that. It's you get fifty positive messages to the one negative one. You just remember the negative one. Yes, yeah, of course. And listen, it's always for anybody like out there doing content. It's it's a dangerous place to be. It like when the only messages you're receiving are telling you a how good you are or b how how big of a. a f- freaking loser shit whatever the i don't even want to verbalize some of the things like that's a weird place when like the only right it's like you're either the best or the worst and i just mean like there's just so many people out there enjoying the content who just like us and don't think i'm the best and don't think i'm the worst and just think i'm good and fine and that's where i like to keep my headspace okay (laughs) all right so the last person i want to bring up because we didn't mention his name but he is 80 to 1 you know who I'm going with here? Close the sheet. Uh, Woo! Why can't Except he? Why can't, why can't see Woo win? Yeah, I. That's fair. <laughs> I. I guess I would ask. I, I don't see Woo. Yeah, he can spike. I don't. I'm not saying he can't. I don't just have. I don't really have an opinion. Yeah, it just is he at um, that at eighty to one? Is that just a number in a small field event where? I mean, I talked about Na and how much he can win. We we know Siwoo can win. He's a lot like Horshwick. We, I mean, obviously, all these guys can win. They're only in this fucking tournament because they have a win. But you know, I've seen him win big events. I've seen him compete in big events, and just he can he gets so hot out of nowhere for no reason that this is the sort of number that you always like him at, or at least I always like him at. Yeah, I I got nothing 
to counter that, I would just say like, like, I don't. Who, who is a better bet? Siwoo Kim this week at eighty to one, or Luke List at fifty to one next week at the Sony Open. Agreed. But I would ask at the event at hand. Let me ask. I would rather bet Stewart Sink at two hundred than Siwoo. I see. I wouldn't like. What, why Stewart? Okay, why Stewart Sink? Just because he's the longest of all the odds? Like I think that Stewart Sink has no chance. Because I don't think Stewart Sink's chances of winning are are over double than most of those guys that are half of his odds. I I really do. Like, what did he win? The Heritage and the Fortnite. Hey, you said you mentioned you gave guys hero props. Can I give uh, Stewart and Rye? I think it's Riley a good PNC father son props. Regan, Regan, I think. They I didn't even know. win. They lost to fucking John Daly and his son. Yeah, I know. Would you bet, <laughs> do, you bet Daly 300 to 1 in this tournament? Now I think you're being a little unfair to Stewart. I'm not betting it, but I just, once you cross a point, like I think all those guys' chances are essentially the same. I think that Siwoo has a better chance to win this. I, I mean, you're home a bet. I don't think that Homa is going to win, but at least we've seen him win at big boy spots. Quail Hollow. Yes, he also won the, the Fortinet, but he also won at Riviera as well. Like I would I would factor in tournaments that players have won against fields that they've won or potentially similar courses. And like we know what Siwoo is. Like Siwoo has played well at those tournaments as well. I mean, he obviously he's won the players on Bermuda. He's won the Wyndham on Bermuda. He has won the American Express or whatever the hell that's called on Bermuda. This is Bermuda Grass Greens. And if it just becomes wedges and putting, we know Siwoo can do that against whoever. I don't disagree with any of it. And yeah, if you actually had me make a bet of anybody at that 80 to one range, I do believe in Siwoo's ability to spike his ability to literally drop that ball three to five feet beside the pin for three and a half days. I do. So in that respect, I agree with you. And yeah, I, I, yeah. So I'm not betting it though. There'll be no money left by the time I pay for this key and make my bets. <laughs> All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Tuesday, DraftKings Golf Picks. Wednesday, Spread Picks with Mr. Jeff Feinberg and Tim Undercust. Thursday, we're going to have the best bets with Cam and Pizzola. And then Friday is going to be more DraftKings picks for NFL for the weekend, plus an injury report. This is what you can expect, plus the Sunday show where I do the golf research for the following week. Jeff, what do you got going on during the week now? Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be romping. I my content with Rick for Odds Checker will be out um, early in the week. I'll be doing a show on Wednesday with Alex Blickel over at FTN. Um, obviously, we'll be talking football. It's a big final week of the regular season, so yeah, there'll be lots of me. I think up until Thursday, and then you won't see any of me till next week, people. There we go. <laughs> fantasynational.com slash mayo to get 20% off. We do have strokes gain stats live this week. So get your showdown lineups. in. it's a fun way to attack this one. Another way you can attack this too, is that if one of the best guys or top end guys has like a, not like a horrendous 80 in the first day, but if they're like 72, 71, the first day, like Xander's, if Xander shoots 71 in the first round, then his odds are going to go from 14 to 25 real quick in a tournament. Like say if Rom is winning or Morikawa is winning, like it depends on who the leader would be in that circumstance. But that's another way to attack this tournament too. If you don't want to get too much into it pre-tournament, you can probably find some better numbers on some guys that you're gambling with. Obviously it's, it's gambling. So that's, what's going to happen, but you can probably get double or 60% better numbers after a round 
and one on some guys if you still retain the faith in that. So keep that in mind. Smash like, give me your winner. What What is it? No, I was going to say, I even told you off air that any tournament both Rom and Morikawa are in, it might be just best to not make any pre-tournament bets or maybe even sit them out. Okay. Thanks for that. I don't know. Thanks. I'm expecting it's their world. We're living in it. You can follow me at the PME. The pin tweet has a giveaway for the one and done fantasy golf championships.com. $125 to enter the race for the Mayo cup. There's also a thousand dollar entry. There's a $25 entry. So you want to play some one and done this year. Fantasy golf championships.com is where you want to be. Thank you all for watching. We're going to get back in to a full field event with the Sony open and the one and done. will start in cuss picks. We'll be back for those two. Not on the show. We'll tell you who he's picking. So we'll see you next time. Experience. Experience!